0: Hello, all you beautiful bitches and bastards, and welcome to the B and B Show, the podcast where two friends with different tastes in fiction come together to riff on each other's choice favorites. I'm your host, Will Ferris, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Sam. This hangover is going to kill me, Lowry. And
1: <laughs> that sometimes is accurate. <laughs>
0: And tonight, for your viewing pleasure, we're going to tackle an episode pulled from the Netflix anthology series, Love, Death, and Robots, and that is the 17-minute short, Beyond the Aquila Rift. Now, this story falls under the science fiction horror spectrum, which is where Sam sort of thrives. And speaking of which, have you seen Beyond the Aquila Rift or any other part of Love, Death, and Robots, Sam?
1: No. So I knew that it was kind of (laughs) like... straddling the line of like science fiction horror stuff. Uh, but I didn't know much other than that. And then I looked up Beyond the Aquila Rift to figure out how to watch it because I didn't know it was part of this anthology. Um, and apparently this is based on some kind of novel or something. So these are the things that I learned today. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff up. So no, I, I had no relationship to this at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I remember when this first dropped on Netflix back in 2017. I watched the entire series from back to front. And I thought, look, the idea of it was very interesting, the premise behind it anyway. Having several different artists and creators, directors, animators make their own story in their own way, it was a really cool idea. Um, each story in Love of Death and Robots is its own contained universe. And this won't be the last outing of this anthology series for the b um, and <clears throat> But for a quick breakdown of Beyond the Aquila Rift's production, before we jump into the short, the story is, like Sam said, based on a short story written by Alistair Reynolds. It's part of just a short story collection called Beyond the Aquila Rift as well. Um, he also wrote the um, the story Zima Blue, which is also another part of Love, Death, and Robots. It's not as sinister as this one, I guess I'll say. Um, Love, Death, and Robots as a whole has a 77% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a second season is currently in production and scheduled to be released soon, so more content for you bitches. But, um, so with all that out of the way, I guess let's, uh, let's jump into the rift. Yep. Um, the story begins with a freight ship called the Blue Goose in, line, in a line of ships heading towards a surge point gate. As the Blue Goose queues for its turn to enter the gate, its captain, Tom, looks outside and laminates on the queue. Ray responds by laminating on his hangover, which is Sam. Um, after Tom checks with Ray and Susie if the ship is ready to enter the gate, they all enter their search tanks in preparation for the faster and light journey. Tom and Susie wake up in the ship, having been docked in a repair facility instead of, instead of its original destination and they are greeted by an old friend of Tom's named Greta, who explains that they are in San Station in the Shiddar sector, and there was a routing error in their ship's navigation system, and that Archangel Dispatch must have had a glitch in their syntax launch patterns. It's a lot of big words that I just read off, and I think I've messed up at least five of them. Uh, Susie responds with disbelief and attempts to get up, but she stumbles over, and Tom and Greta put her back in the tank. Greta then escorts... Tom outside the Blue Goose and into Salmonkey Station. Uh, a while passes, and Tom is now in the station's bar. Greta, now dressed in a alluring nightdress, walks towards him and sits down on a sofa next to him. And Sam's got a, a look on her face. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get to a part
1: that I'm like, why is this happening really quickly? <laughs>
0: uh they admire the view outside the bar and she leans and she leans towards him and tells him a secret that she was hoping to bump into tom again after the fling they had together four years ago they then proceed to have sex in Greta's cabin
1: for like most of the short for like an extended amount of time so (laughs) much so that i was like they're trying to talk with us later on by putting this sex scene in here
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's there to be like oh shit that's
1: yeah it's there for us to later be like ew
0: Exactly. (laughs) but at the time i was like jesus christ it is because it's a 16 minute short and this is at least a good minute mid and a half of this movie
1: yeah it It feels like a lot of time that we're watching these two video game (laughs) characters have sex with one another (laughs) (laughs)
0: um some more time passes and Tom is sitting on Greta's bed we're not really sure how much time passes in the short story you actually learn it's like weeks but here we're not really explained what it is um his mind continues to be troubled on the events that have you know that have happened Uh, Greta confesses that she hasn't been completely honest with Tom. No shit. Um, She admits that they're not actually in the Shadar sector and that the routing error has taken them far beyond what she originally led on. Uh, She gets out of bed and presents a holographic map demonstrating that some wonky station is in fact 150,000 light years away from Earth. Tom, obviously upset by this news, Asks Greta how long he and his crew were in their tanks. Greta responds that in subjective time, they were in their tanks for only four months, but several centuries have passed back home on Earth. Tom struggles to come to terms what, with what Greta had just told him and yells, at, and yells at her that he may as well be dead. Greta tells him that he is still alive and that she ended up in Salmonkey Station in the same way he did, a routing error. And she tells him that it's always the same routing error and it has, has brought everyone to the station. She then suggests that she wakes up his crew from their tanks. Um, Tom wakes up Susie and asks her to recall the last thing she can remember. Susie describes Archangel in unpleasant terms and then dreams, dreams like the encounter she is in right now. She notices Greta in the corner and asks Tom who she is. When Tom responds that it's his old, old friend Greta, Susie immediately counters this by stating that it's not Greta. Susie yells at Greta, demanding to know who and what she is, implying that she might be aware of the true nature of Greta and the environment the Blue Goose Goose crew are currently in. Susie screams at Tom to look at Greta before lashing out. Susie snatches a statue and attempts to stab her with it. Susie manages to scrape Greta's neck with the statue, but Greta successfully counters her and injects her with a tranquilizer needle in the chest. Susie is knocked unconscious and Greta leaves Tom to take Susie back to her tank by himself. Back at the cabin, Tom observes Greta's neck as she sleeps and notices that the cut Susie inflicted on her neck has disappeared. He then says to Greta that Susie is right about her and that she isn't actually Greta. Greta realizing that she can no longer hide the truth from Tom responds to him by telling him that his entire surroundings are just a simulation being fed to his mind and that he's still asleep in his tank. And this is where it starts to get a little crazy. Um, Tom demands to know the whole truth from Greta, who resists telling him that he is not ready. Tom tells her that he wants to see the station and Greta for herself, for what they truly are. (laughs) And Sam's eyes just widen. Yeah, Um, and Sam
1: is going to disagree, Tom. That is not what you want. I've seen how this ends. You would just probably prefer to not know
0: yeah it's true it's very true um after a tearful greta continues to resist increasingly angry and aggressive tom she eventually caves in but not before telling him that she does care for him and that she cares for all the lost souls that end up here tom st- stares into the camera anticipating the world outside of the simulation and this is where it's fucked up tom wakes up in his tank and is greeted to the horrifying reality that his body was in for all this time an alien hive containing several wrecked ships that had also ended up there via the, the routing error tom himself is se- severely emaciated, to the point of skeletal and <clears throat> his hair and beard have grown to unkept levels as he speechlessly looks around his surroundings and spot the long-dead bodies of his crew, he hears Greta calling out to him from, outside, from inside the back of his wrecked ship. He looks inside to see a silhouette of what appears to be a humanoid female figure walking towards him. Before the silhouette walks into the light and reveals Greta in her true form, a giant spider-ant alien-type creature with many eyes.
1: I hate it so much. The animation I, on this whole part of the short is fucking terrifying looking.
0: It is, and like I like had to like I was watching it, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I know what's coming" because I've seen it before. <sighs> and I like I had to like prep myself for this moment because I knew it was coming. I it get why he freaks out. Fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah, I get why he freaks out. Uh, <laughs> Tom, it looks like his- a
1: video game simulation of hell, basically. Like, yeah. I think there was even a video game released a couple years ago that was a horror game uh, set in Hell with, like, almost the same kind of disgusting animation.
0: So, like, in the book, it's even more grotesque in the story. And there are more than just Greta. Greta's, like, the queen there, like, the queen, like an- like, bug. But there <laughs> are other, like, horrific creatures there, like you've got to read the short story because like the imagery that okay. your mind can create, this doesn't do it. This story doesn't do it justice. This, the, 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 they did good, but it's even more so terrifying.
1: Yeah. It's really yucky in the short in general. So I can't imagine how good the short story is.
0: <laughs> Just try it out. Uh, Tom loses his mind at the sight of the horrifying looking alien and screams at her as she continues to crawl towards him. The alien Having witnessed Tom's inability to handle the reality, no shit, just as she predicted, eventually places his mind back into her simulation, and in the process, erasing all the memories up to the point he woke up in the tank in the simulation. Back in the simulation, Tom is in his tank once again. The liquid drains out of the tank and Tom wakes up. He gets out of the tank and is greeted by Greta once again, but in her simulation form. Tom asked what happened and Greta lies to him by saying that he is back in Somwalki station before remarking that at least he, there is a friendly face in the far away station echoing what Tom had said in the previous simulation the final shot depicts Somwalki station in its entirety as the camera zooms out the simulation flickers out to reveal the station's true form a hive surrounded by wrecked ships end episode so what'd oh, you think yeah.
1: Uh I thought, <laughs> uh, I thought it was really good. So upon the sex scene I was like she's like something she's not a person. like they would not put this on screen for that long unless it mattered.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh do you know there's like a if you go back to right before she reveals what the what's under a, what's a, what the simulation is over and you see like her walking towards Tom if you look back behind the wall and you see her shadow It's actually the alien shadow.
1: Oh, I hate that. I mean, I like it. That's good movie making, but I hate it. Uh, I thought it was really effective. I love the animation they used for the -hmm. the scene of what's actually happening. Tom looks scary. The environment looks scary. And Greta, the bug lady, is really gross. Um, It was an effective, creepy short. And when she walks out, I was like, oh, hell no. Set that on fire. I was <laughs> uh, so, so I really like the short. It did what it was supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is, this is my favorite part of Love, Death, and Robots. I mean, obviously, there are other ones that are funny and everything like that. And there's some are more gory. But I feel like this does everything right with storytelling. Like, it's quick. It's brisk. But the store like I don't like there's nothing like there's they, they cut the fat of everything it's perfect I don't think they can make it any longer if they made it too short you'd miss stuff if they made it any longer they would just be adding stuff for time I think it's perfect the way it is uh I'm gonna give it a five out of five for me I think it's perfect for me so
1: I also actually am gonna give it a five out of five
0: all I, right that's our
1: yeah that's I think that's like one. the first time that we've agreed on that uh, I, I think the animation on this was so good and the juxtaposition of the way the simulation looks versus what's actually happening around him and what he actually looks like and what Greg actually looks like is very effective. Uh, I didn't, this is an easy watch for me. I didn't feel like it was long, which is good. Cause it was 17 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a five out of five for yeah. me. You guys should watch it.
0: Yes, you should totally watch it. Um but uh, that's that's a wrap for this episode of the B2B show. Since, as uh, Sam said, the previous episode, we're recording three in one. We can tell you what we're doing next week, too. Yes, which we, is can. we We're going to be starting to cover Netflix's Castlevania series. And we're going to start with episode one, entitled Witch Bottle. So if you want to follow along our Wallachia adventure, start watching that show pronto, bitches. But Do it. Um, Until then, uh, I'm Will. And I'm still Sam. And this this is it. Bye. Yeah. Bye, bitches.